The message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. Now, um, I'm just going to share with us in the next few minutes um, what God has put in our hearts today. And I think that it will not only just um, speak to our heart, but it will also open our eyes to where God is taking us to for the rest of this year. It's a year of fruitfulness and abundance. And I believe that is just the beginning. For some of us, we started to see um, you know, growth. Some of us, we started to see what God is doing. The testimonies are coming in, honestly. Um, but I just believe that it's not only for a few. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. And when I say it's for all of us, it's for those that believe in the vision, it's for those that key into the vision. It's for the action takers. Amen. Can we pray? Sweet Holy Spirit, I want to say thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for what you do and how you do them, God. Thank you for always speaking to our hearts. Thank you for yet another opportunity to speak to us, God. And we ask that you open our hearts change our mindset. Help us to receive your word so that your word will become the light, the guidepost of our lives. We thank you, we praise you. And I give myself to you, God, and I ask that you speak through me. And let it not be out of my own wisdom or intelligence, but let it be your word, your unadulterated word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today I'm speaking on the topic, encrypted. Now, if you are very um, conversant with computers, you will understand the word encryption. But even if you are not, encryption is that something has been kept really secret. Something has been locked away from the view of others. So the definition of encryption is the process of encoding an information or a message from one point to another, hiding it from the view of unauthorized participants. Now, there are so many people in, um, in our lives that are unauthorized to to access particular information in our lives. And I'm not quite sure how many of you use um, your phone for banking. All right? I know of some people, a few years ago, they were so you know, concerned about internet banking. I don't want to use it because they will steal my money. Uh, can I say to you that there's nothing, especially in the banking world today, that does not go through the net. The whole idea of international um, finance transaction is through the internet. But how and why has it become so successful and that the whole world has not, um, you know, be giving up for fraud or, um, you know, someone has not hacked the, the, the bank of the world, so to speak, and taken all your monies or taken all the Australian monies Although a few people still do it, 
but they are not doing it through the system. They are actually doing it through your mindset. And the people that they catch much more is the gullible people. And they kind of give you an idea. You know, one of the guys that were here, was here yesterday was telling me how, you know, uh, he received a text message on his phone. And they were telling him, uh, within the next 24 hours, you'll be disconnected. Your phone in your house will be disconnected because you're going to be moved on to NBN. Uh, but we are telling you this so that you can take a quick action. So click on this link and register. And then the only way, because he, he felt like he was gullible, however, he realized that his area was already converted to, uh, you know, connected to the NBN two years prior. And he's thinking, we're already on the NBN network, so how did you get my number? And you know, as much as I know, that if you had clicked on that link, and some people come through the link, and some come through the idea of gossip, emails, or someone come to you and say, this thing works for me. Come on, do you want to join in? Let's go together. It probably might work for you as well because this is what works now. And some of us are gullible enough to just flow without really considering and doing your background checks and things. But aside from that, there's another level where that information gets out anyway through our mindset, through the way we think, through the words that come out of our mouth. And at times you ask yourself, how, how is that even possible? For example, where's my phone? Thank you. You know what you can do? And you're thinking they're not listening, right? No one is listening to you. But then you go, hey, Siri. But, but, but you thought he wasn't listening. Yes. Yes? That's what I figured. Oh, yeah. That's, he's still figuring out. You see, the thing is, can I say this? The devil is just like Siri. He's always watching out and listening in to your conversation. He has no clue what's in your mind. He has no clue what the promises of God is for you until you start to doubt it. And you say the wrong words. You say things about yourself that, that you think, am I the only one in the world? Everything is happening against me. And he goes, yeah, actually, I thought so. I thought so. He steals your word. He steals your word. God has got great and amazing promises for you, but what the devil is doing always is to listen in, in, into your conversation. The fact is the problem is not coming from God's side. The problem is coming from your side. But God speaks into your heart, and the words that he speaks to you is encrypted. From end to end. But do you believe it? Our email system, our banking system is all encrypted. But if you leave your password somewhere where other people can see it, they can hack into your phone and get your money. Would you say that's the bank's fault? No, the bank has already done their own business. They encrypted the information for you. You accessed it on your phone. Someone has got your phone and, you know, and put their own fingerprint. So they don't even have to enter the password. So the next time they get your phone, haha, <laughs> fingerprint, 
done. If you give the devil opportunity, you know what he does? It takes much more. It takes much more. And can I ask you, what has God spoken into your life that due to doubt, you know, if I call it unbelief, it's too religious because it requires more uh, exploration. But due to doubt, due to some element of doubt about how is this going to happen? Are you sure? Am I even qualified? What, what, and all of those noises in your head, the devil gets to hear you and goes, actually, let's think about that. Are you qualified? Are you sure you're qualified? You don't even read the Bible and you think you're qualified? And I'm not quite sure, you know, if the devil had the space to come through your thoughts when you applied for that job to say, well, you've only been here for six months. Are you sure you're qualified? Are you sure you have the, the wherewithal? Are you sure you have the, the experience to do that? Are you sure? And if you give in, if you give in to that, are you sure? He gets some more. So it's just to explore one thought after another. So he explores the first thought, are you sure? And you go, well, I'm not quite sure. He said, exactly. We're you know, talking the same language. So um, you know you should not be applying for that job because you're not sure. You might just be embarrassed if they say no to you. <clears throat> I've been in, this, in that part, you know, uh, and I've experienced uh, a number of times that I've applied for a particular, a particular job, a particular role in different organizations. And what I get back is no, no, no. And at times they send you an email to just say no. And if you compare the no from one organization to the no from another organization, it feels like they're all copying from the same template. You know, because all the, the no letters are almost the same. They're very similar. Right? But then they wish you the best in the, in the next one. And the next one says no to you. And wish you the best in the next one. It's just funny. However, I always ask myself, if I apply for 10 jobs, how many do I need anyway? I only need one. If I got five yeses out of the 10 jobs, how many can I actually take on? One. So if you say no to me, thank you, it was not the best for me. Because there's always something created that matches your vision for your life. And until you get there, there might be no's. But the no's is not to cripple you. Of course, as humans, you might feel like, oh, no, they said no to me. And then that reduces your confidence. But I'm here to say to you that every no you get should improve your confidence, should boost your confidence, knowing fully well that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. It's not the end of the road. And I say to you, keep applying. Don't apply downwards. Don't go, okay, I'm just going to reduce my thoughts. And, you know, so instead of applying for managerial position, I'm going to apply for front desk or whatever. You know, and that's not, any, that's not to say that you know, front desk workers are terrible. All right? But there is the opportunity to progress. And while you are doing that, what do you do to yourself? 
Thank God for the opportunity and study more. Study about the, the organization that you're applying to. You want to know. Get the general information so that when you get there, at least you know what you're talking about. One, whilst you're acting in grace and faith. Can we say amen to that? Amen. One thing that was quite interesting, you know, our, our text for the year is in Genesis chapter 26, how God spoke to Isaac. He said, stay in the land and I will bless you. I know in this land there's famine, but stay in here and I'll bless you. I'll bless you. So what he was actually telling him is that there is something that is encrypted. There's a blessing encrypted in your spirit. And wherever you go, that blessing becomes active. So it was not in the land of Gerah. The blessing was not in the land of Gerah. The blessing was in his spirit. So when God's blessing is in your spirit, wherever you go becomes activated for prosperity. It becomes activated for growth. Number one is just to remember that he has said a word concerning you. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, he said, No eye has seen, neither ear heard, nor has it come into the mindset of man or woman or any human being what God has proposed for them that love him. And God has a purpose for us because he loves us. Our point is, do we believe the purpose? Do we believe this covenant for us? Do we believe it? Ask someone sitting by you, do you believe it? Are you sure you believe it? Any response? Yes. Okay. Let's see if you do. The Bible tells us that God spoke to Abraham and said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I will give you a child. And I know you're old. I know it feels like time has passed you already, but I'll give you a child. And the Bible says Abraham believed God. And based on his trust in God, it was counted to him as righteousness. However, Sarah was listening. And of course, Sarah should listen. Of course, Sarah was the, the you know, I'm not sure how they say it, the better half of Abraham. And they waited and waited and waited. For the child, nothing was happening. And Sarah thought, huh, I've got an idea. God said something, let's help him. Let's help God's promise in our life to come to pass. I've got an idea. I've got a servant. And she's not a baby. She's old enough to have a child. Abraham, how about my servant? You know, God said we're going to have a child, but he didn't quite say that the child has to come through me. So I've got an idea. Let's do this. What do you think? Abraham says, it's up to you. What do you want to do? Whatever you want to do. He says, okay, let's, let's do this. You want to try it? Then silly Abraham did. And um, 
the servant of Sarah, Haggai, had a child named Ishmael. And very quickly, the child grew. And I, I believe that at first, Isaac, or not Isaac, uh, Abraham thought, well, yeah, great, fantastic, we have a child now. And Sarah is going, well, that's, that's my son by proxy. That's kind of my son. Until Haggai went, we are mates now. We are mates. I'm not your servant anymore. I've got a child. You've got none. We're mates. And every now and again, he goes back, you know, she goes back to Sarah and goes, well, you can't order me around. You can't boss me around. I can't do that anymore for you because I've got a child. You've got none. Whose idea was it the first time? It was Sarah's idea. And the message that God gave to Abraham was encrypted until he passed it on. And someone else interpreted it in the way they believe it will work. Who is in your life that interprets the, 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 the vision and the ideas that God has given to you in a way that they feel like is best for you? The first question is, who's got your best interest at heart? Who's got your best interest at heart? No matter how much you think about it, actually, the first person I will point to is yourself. And the one who is much more than that is God. But every other person in your life may seem to have your best interest at heart, but at the end of the day, it is yourself that has got your best interest at heart. So you ought to understand that when God gives you a word, regardless of the ideas that are around, you need to understand this is God's word to me. First, to me first. He blesses you first. And that blessing can spread to others, but it comes through you first. Through you first. So when you're considering anything, it has to be you first. Before they start to consider who is your kin's person, who is your next of kin, you know you can change your next of kin anytime. So one day, one person, might, you might think, oh, well, this is the person that's got my best interest at heart until something happens and you go, well, I don't like you anymore, so let's just change our next of kin, and then you do. So you can change that anytime, but you can never change yourself anytime because you are always you. So when something comes to you or happens to you, you are the first person that is affected before the results affect other people. It affects you first. So when you get God's word, I'd rather say it to you, keep it first. Watch how it's interpreted by others. If the interpretation does not match God's word, reject it. Can I say that? Reject it. Reject it and say, you know what, I've got to believe God for this. I've got to believe God for this. Why? Because anything can happen at your end of the message. It never happens at God's end because he already blessed you. Can I say, he already blessed you. He already blessed you and it's for you to believe him. Believe him. Psalm 25, verse 14. Psalm 25 says, 
Are we there? Verse 14 says, The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Isn't that interesting? He confides. He confides. So in other words, he trusts them enough to keep his secret with them. He confides in them. He doesn't go tell them, hey, you know what, Kate? Um, I just blew it. <laughs> no, that's not the kind of information he gives you. Rather, he says, he makes his covenant known to them. So in other words, he feels like his covenant should be kept secret. Don't you think so? His covenant, his promises to you should be kept secret. So that's why he's confiding in you, his covenant. So he gives you his promises and says, hey, don't tell anybody. It's for you. And the reason for that is because he knows that the devil is always listening like Siri. So his own part is encrypted. So he tells you in your spirit, you go, wow, this is good. This is good. This is good. So I'm going to just change the things that I do. I'm going to change my way around and just continue to believe God in this way. You say, but, but, but um, let me, let me, let me, I, I need to tell someone about it. So Ade, um, do you know what God told me? Uh, God, God said this and said this and said this. Oh, yeah, actually, true. But how long have you been a Christian now, Michaels? Say, I've been a Christian for two years. Oh, okay, great. You know what? You're not strong enough, so you can't really do anything that God has asked you to do at this stage. Why not wait for another five years? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. What has just happened to the covenant? What has just happened? Oh, come on. It's just been broken. It's just been broken. Why? Because someone else has come in who is smart, who I trust, and gave me the logics of it. Said, hey, it's not logical. Doesn't make sense. But it makes sense this way. What do you think? It makes sense this way. And you go, yeah, actually. Yeah, actually. But do you know when God gives you his word, he does not seek your senses first. He seeks your heart. He seeks your heart. And at times, our logic steps in. And, but because of your faith, and that's the point. Because of your faith, you kind of ignore logic first and go all out. So once you start to share, think about Joseph. We talked about Joseph last week. Joseph had dreams. They were encrypted dreams. And whenever he told the dreams to his brothers, the Bible says they hated him. They hated him. So but the thing was, Jacob never lost the faith. Jacob, oh, sorry. Um, Joseph. Joseph never lost the faith. Joseph kept dreaming. For some of us, when we start to see that everyone is hating us for our dreams, we even pray, God, can you stop just giving me these dreams? Because it's making people hate me. Everyone is going against me. Even my father. Don't even talk to me anymore. Because I've become a Christian. All my friends have walked away because I'm not a Christian. But hey, you've chosen the best part. You know, Obina was here earlier and was talking about his friends who aren't Christians. 
But when things happened in their life and they were looking for the right person to talk to, they came to him. They spoke to him because they knew for some reason he would have an answer. And that's not to say that they have not spoken to other people, but probably the answers that they got was terrible. So let's come back to, to this. He said, God, the Lord confides in those who fear him. And when he talks about fear, it also stretches to honor him. It also stretches to those who reveres him, those who considers him as God. So he confides them in, in he confides in those who fear him, his secrets, and he makes his covenant known to them. So he gives you a covenant. So what has God told you that you are going to do for the rest of the year? What, what, what has God shown to you in your spirit? Or rather, at that very point of vulnerability, when you went back to God and said, God, I'm not quite sure what to do. I am going through this. What Can you help me? And then God starts to speak to your spirit. What has he told you? What has he told you? And can I say to you, hold on to what he's told you. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Because when you let it go, there's always a problem. Ephesians 4, verse 17, it said, Do not give a foothold to the devil. Because if you give, them, give him a foothold, what will happen? It takes much more. It starts to determine what will happen to you. James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist him. And how do you resist the devil? How do you do that? Do you just go, I'm not moving? No, that won't work. That won't work. Because you don't even know when the ideas slip in from the devil because his ideas are very logical. It makes sense. His ideas make sense. Why would I go to young missionary camp? Why? Why? I'm young. Why should I throw my life away? Come on. Why should I become a missionary now? I'm young. Old people go to missions. Young people stay back in the city and enjoy. Or some people might even go, well, missions is for those in their mid-40s when they start going through midlife crisis. <laughs> you know, I'm not quite sure where they, they may have gotten that idea from. But, but you see, the, the thing is, it starts to make sense to you to go, wow, but, but come on. I, I can finish my university first and get a job first and then have enough money to go for missions, right? Right. Makes sense. So let's do that. But God possibly has spoken to you and said, hey, there's someone in Katumba or there's someone in Afghanistan or there's someone in Newcastle that your life will be, you know, a, a, an example to that you, through you, they will be changed forever. And the interesting part is God does not help us. God does not make us see the future. So if he gives us the, the gifts of foresight, there are some decisions we won't make today. The only thing we are privy to is hindsight. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Didn't come out well. But if you trust God, because actually... His promises for you 
is the gift of foresight without the process. But when you stick on to his promises and you don't doubt his promises, you see that that future becomes clearer and clearer to you on a daily basis. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. One other point I'd like to make before we close is when God speaks to you, the Bible says, no eye has seen nor ear heard, neither has it come into the hearts of humans what God has proposed for you. However, he has shown it to you by his spirit. By his spirit. So if he has shown it to you by his spirit, what that then means is that for you to be able to stay on in that pattern and ensure that God's promises in your life comes to pass, it will have to always be by his spirit. You have to always communicate with him by his spirit. Why? Because God, the Bible says, is spirit. And they that worship him must worship in truth and in spirit. And do you know the real you <laughs> is a spirit? Right? The real you is a spirit. It's not your body. And that is why you can go to, the, to, this, um, you know, to surgery and they cut out the whole of your arm and put another person's arm and you're still you. Right? They can take out the heart and implant another heart that does not belong to you. But yet, you're still you. True? So you don't go, my arm. Any new arm that they give to you becomes your arm. So your body is not the you. In other words, they can take out anything, anything. In fact, almost all your body. What they're trying now is how to actually transplant brains. So they've tried for the limbs. They've tried for any other in, intestine, whatever. They've tried all of those things. But now they're, they're thinking about, let's transplant consciousness. Let's transpire. But you see, that still is not you. The you is your spirit that cannot be destroyed by anything, that cannot be transplanted, that cannot be taken away. It is that you that God speaks to. It is that you that the promises of God comes to. It is that you. So whilst you are still in this consciousness, God speaks to you. So even when you leave this consciousness into a, another consciousness, God will still continue to interact with you by his spirit. So can I say to you that leave to grow your spirit, leave to motivate your spirit, and the ways to do that is continue in the things of God, study his word, pray, you want to do that. If you want to, to build a relationship with someone, what do you do? You communicate with them, right? We're here yesterday for our Relo Night. Relo Night was fantastic. It was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, but we're here yesterday, and someone rightly said, he said, if, you've got, if you need to do something about your relationship, you need to open up the communication line. You need to continue to communicate. Why? Because without communication, relationship dies. Right? It does. It dies. However you communicate, if you want to kick them and go, yeah, just wanted to get your attention. Whatever works for you, do. Whatever works for you. Some people said, well, we'll just text message each other. It's good. But my wife hates that. 
I text, text her, she does not respond. If we're having issues, she won't respond. She'll go, the reason why you've got mouth, I go, yeah, I got that. And the first thing I wanted to do was just to get your attention. You know, she wouldn't respond. But for some people, it works for them. It works for them. Text message or email, whatever. But communicate. Communicate. So what I'm saying to you is communicate with God. Give him the opportunity to have a chat with you. Give him the opportunity to have a chat with you. He loves you. He wants to. But, but God is far. No, 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 he's not. He's very close. He's with you even right now. He's with you right now. Right now. He's with you. So he, he wants to have a chat all the time. He said, I stand at the door and knock. So he's always standing and knocking. He wants to get your attention. Hey, 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 are you still there? Are you still there? I've not heard from you for five days. Are you still there? You still alive? You know, I've not heard from you. From you. I want to hear from you. And you're going, oh, God, oh, God. I, you know, I heard this message. It says, some of us. Uh, put a lead on our commitment with God. You know, put a lead on it. Uh, that, you know, when God wants to fuel you, he fuels you to some extent. You say, oh, it's enough, enough, it's enough, you know. You put a lead. So he can't, he can't empty out the nonsense in you to fill it up. See, however, you can make up your mind to take out the lead and, and chuck it and say, God, do with me whatever you will. Fill me. Feel me. Because when you do that, you're giving him the lordship of your life. You're saying, God, do with me whatever you will. You want to lead me? Lead me by yourself. And then his words for you and with you will become safe. Why? Because he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my shield. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall I be afraid? And the reason why you can't be afraid at that point is because you've given yourself to him. Can I ask you, give yourself to God. Give yourself to God. Commit yourself to him. And it's not difficult. Start it one minute at, at a time. One day at a time. Say, God, I'm here. And don't consider God as this big man upstairs who is always looking out for the things that I've done wrong. He's not like that. He's not like that. He's a father. Come on. He's a father. I'm a father. You know, I've always loved God. I've been a Christian all my life. But I actually started to see a different part of God when I started having kids. Because regardless of how terrible my kids behave, they're still my kids. They're still my kids. You know, one minute, Teresa knows. They look at my face. They know there's something going on. But in that second, I'm cuddling them. I can't live one full day without seeing my kids. And if me, being human, can't live without one full day seeing my kids, what do you think about God? What do you think about God? He wants to hear from you. He wants to see you. He wants to have a chat with you. He wants to sit with you. Even in your secret place, when you are seated and you're feeling like, I'm all alone, he's there with you. He just wants you to speak to him, talk to him, call on him, say, God, I've not been close to you, but if you're here, I just want you to know that I'm feeling lonely. I just want you to know that I just need you right now. You know you can start with that. You don't have to feel all holy and all of that and go, oh God, Holy Spirit. No, you don't have to do all that. 
Do you know that's just tradition? Let tradition alone. Just speak to God. He's right there. Do you know you don't actually have to close your eyes to talk to God? Because he's not only there when you close your eyes. And I'm not quite sure how many of you see him when you close your eyes. No. You only close your eyes so that you can concentrate. But whether you open your eyes or you close your eyes, he's still there. And he will hear you. Can I say to you, he will hear you all the time. Even in traffic, even in noisy environment, he still hears you. Do you know why? Because your girlfriend, your wife, your significant other will always hear your voice. They will know that you are the one talking. And you go, hey, darling. Ten people won't turn around. Do you know that? My wife is upstairs at the moment with the kids. But if she was here and say, hey, hon, how many of you would go, oh, he's talking to me? <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Of course not. But she will respond. She will respond. It's the same thing with God. When you have a relationship with him, regardless of where you are at, in a busy traffic, whatever, when you call him, God, I just need you right now, he responds to you alone. To you alone. Can I say that again? To you alone, he will respond. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. And his love for you is encrypted. No one can damage it. It's secured. It's password protected. And only you have got a password. But can I say, don't give the password to someone else. They'll corrupt it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we stand on our feet? And I'm not quite sure for some of us where we are in our lives at the moment, but I just want to give us this opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, this might just be your opportunity. And if you've known Jesus and you've been far away from him, this might just be your opportunity to go, God, I want to come back home. I want to be back home with you. I want to recommit my life with you. You know, as I said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'll probably ask you to, to check him out again. Check him out again. Give him the opportunity to have another date with you. Say, God, I want to live the rest of my life for you. You may have been disappointed by people, by your expectations. But you see, we, we get it wrong most of the time. But this is your opportunity so, to say, God, second chance. Take me. Have me. And if you're that person to, uh, this afternoon, all eyes closed, every head's bowed. I'd like to be able to pray with you, together with you. And I don't want to single you out, but if you're that person, you can just lift up your hand once and put it back down. That's fine. You want to come back home to him. Say, God, I belong to you, and I want to give my life to you again. 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 
thank you very much. So we are all going to pray together with you. And can we say this prayer after me? Father, I come to you today because you said anyone that comes to you, you will never cast out. So I come to you with the confidence that you will accept me regardless of where I've been, regardless of who I am, regardless of what I've done. I come to you and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. And now I'm born again. I'm changed because of your love for me. Thank you for bringing me back. Thank you for taking me back. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. The message you've heard was produced by the Trans Edge Church, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us by email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com. Thank you.